You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network for the beginning of Random Rewatch Monday's Christmas themed month. Uh, we decided to do it in December this year because it didn't work out so well when we had it in February. Uh, so for all of December, uh, at least up until the 24th, every single Monday we're going to be bringing you random episodes of random TV shows. Well, as we said, not really technically random episodes because they'll all be Christmas ones. Uh, but it could be a different show any week. You'll have to listen to find out what we're going to be covering. This week, it is my choice and I am lucky enough to choose uh, now the oldest special TV show, movie, the oldest anything we've ever covered on the Oz Network, is we're here to talk about 1964's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, uh, the stop-motion animation classic uh, that was described by Honest Trailers as Lord of the Rings for Kids on Acid. Uh, so we're very excited to talk about this today and all the songs, maybe break into some karaoke. Uh, it is a Christmas classic, and uh, we're going to bring it to you for one week, one week, one week only. My name is Colin, and nobody wants to play with a Colin in the box. And I'm Rossi, and I- I'm just fixing the teeth on the dolls. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for a line, so that's what you got. <laughs> but we all know that classic scene where he's fixing the teeth on the dolls. Uh, a Christmas miracle. <laughs> um, let's just talk about this special. Uh you kind of gave a little bit of a background on the next one, but I'll, uh, last week, but I'll let you talk again. But just first of all, I'll just say, I'm pretty sure my experience is the same as everybody else out there. This is on TV, at least here in North America, every single year, every single Christmas. So everybody has seen it from when they were a kid. Everybody knows it by heart. And I guarantee everybody stopped watching it until they became an adult in one year. Like, oh, Rudolph's on. Let me see this. And they watch it. I'm like, wow, this is so messed up. How <laughs> did children actually watch this and turn out to be regular members of society? Uh, or are the ones who continue to watch this throughout the years the ones who become sociopaths? We don't know. But it is really messed up. But it is so much fun. Uh, so much fun that even though when I started watching this again as an adult... I had that reaction of like, this is weird stuff. Um, Jamie actually bought this one year for me. So I have the Blu-ray and it was fun because I, I found some really great trivia facts from um, one of the special features. There's going to be some funny things that I never noticed having seen this, who knows, dozens of times throughout the years uh, that we'll be able to mention throughout here. But it's still something I watch every single year. I just watched it today, believe it or not, now that we are in December, um, <laughs> nice and early in the season. And I'm sure I'm going to watch it again whenever it airs on TV. But it's it's a blast. But it is really messed up. Yeah, I like when I I rewatch like rewatching it for this. Like I couldn't believe like how I forgot how much how in, like mean it was, <laughs> yes. and like how like sad it was, and like the and like when they get to the the kids are making fun of Rudolph, and then the all the little elves are like mean to. What's his name? I forget. His Hermie. Name. What? Hermie. Hermie. Okay. And then when they get to the Misfit Toy Island, and it's just so sad. I forgot how sad it was. Yeah, it's it's one of these things that I don't. I'm not going to say it doesn't age well, but I'm going to say it, you would never be able to get away with making special. Nothing here was overtly mean. They weren't intending for it to be that way, but it's similar to how we talked about Charlie Brown. That there was an innocence about Charlie Brown 
where it really is a show about bullying and how bullying can be funny, <laughs> but it's not mean-spirited. This is similar to that in that if you really boil down what the song is about, I mean, it's about everybody making fun of him because of his nose and they don't want to include him. So it should really be about somebody who's excluded. Uh, but there are certain things they do in here, particularly when it comes to the adults, where the adults maybe are a little bit too mean, um, and it's not just kids making fun of kids, uh, that maybe, and again, I don't want to say doesn't age well, but you would never get away with that today. You never get away with the father having to say, you hide that physical deformity, but unless, you know, all the kids are going to make fun of you, Rudolph, or Santa saying, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> there's some really cruel moments in here that just wouldn't fly today, but I still think there's enough innocence about this that it's not like it's, it's ever going to be cut from the air with people saying, well, this is just inappropriate. It does help that it's claymation, so it's a lot softer. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you have that, like, soft edge. It's not, like, actual, like, children actors or anything like that. Like, I can't imagine, like, a Hallmark Christmas movie, Yeah, you know, being the same prompt or something like that. You just don't see it. Um, so, I mean, I definitely agree with a lot of what you said. Like, they're probably not going to take it off the air. Probably shouldn't have, like, gone to the extremes that they did in a lot of what they said. Like, forcing Rudolph to wear the little black, like, cover so that his nose didn't shine and just all like the insistent like ha we're great you're not like outcast message like they probably mm-hmm. could have toned back a little but i mean this is the same movie that we all watched year after year and kids still watch <laughs> year after year um maybe a little bit of a tone reduction would have been nice but i mean you know it was the 60s it was a more I was going to say innocent time. Uh, <laughs> wow, the, the 60s, op- known for their innocence. The exact opposite. You know, whenever people try to say, like, look what's happened in society, it's not like the good old days. I'm like, what, like the 60s? <laughs> this is a perfect example of... <laughs> yeah, not like it was back when the Cold War was happening or something. like. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, it's not like the hippies weren't extreme. Uh, but, I don't know, I, 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 I like being able to watch older things like this, like, um, you know, all these specials. Jamie's kind of just made it a thing where every single year she'll buy me some classic animated special. Like, I've got this, I've got The Grinch, uh, I've got Jack Frost, which is not one of the more famous ones, but uh, it is kind of fun. I've even got the He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special. Uh, so I've got this big collection. I'm sure things that we can build. Every single year we'll do these random rewatches and we'll build on it. But um, I love watching these because... There is something different about them, and and you are seeing some things where it's like, oh, that's inappropriate. Like watching old Looney Tunes, oh, that's inappropriate, but it's okay. And it's nice to be able to see a special that doesn't take itself so seriously, because even aside from some of the mean-spirited stuff in here that really is kind of funny now that when you watch it, you just get this really wacko storyline with the misfit toys, which... Like I said, with the Honest Trailers description, it was like Lord of the Rings for kids on acid that also fits very well with the 60s. You just wouldn't see this. It's almost, um, I'm not going to say an unprofessionalness or a sloppiness, but like this company, Rankin Bassett, did all these specials. 
very unpolished. Like, it feels like, we don't know what to do. Let's just add on to the song. Let's pretend he went to an island where there was a magical Lion King that flew around and refused to give them, you know, a place on the island. And they met a a prospector with a a mismatched dog sled, and they were chased by the Abominable Snowman. None of this fits the Rudolph song, but it's just, you accept it. And and it's, it's always weird to watch as you're like, wow, like, this stuff all fits together, but... Uh, we should also mention, I mean, this is a special that is based on a song <laughs> that's, what, a minute and a half long that is based on a story, a children's story, that I also assume was based on a true story. But at the very least, it is a song slash special, and it's very hard to drag those types of stories out as we saw with, like, the Jim Carrey Grinch movie or even the new Grinch movie that came out. You know, how do you drag out a story that really should just be told in five minutes and I think despite all the insane bonker stuff we see in here, they do a pretty good job of making the story flow of the outcast Rudolph who eventually comes back and saves the day. There's something about like Christmas specials that like they don't know how to segue like effectively. Mm-hmm. Like all of a sudden a prospector's in this. It's like what <laughs> like, you know, you know, Jimmy you know, the 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 director's son, Jimmy, really loves mining. So let's put this in. It's just like, where does this come from? Like, yeah. And it's just, the segues are not clear, but I think that there's always like some fun, you know, it's always fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Just like, this crazy characters in here and like, oh, what are they going to do next, Jim? Like, like knee slapping kind of stuff. Like, so I think that's always fun. It makes no sense when you try to analyze it or like look into it or read about it. It's like, but just kind of sit back and watch. Don't think too much about it. Some of the things that uh, I'll give credit for how they were able to stretch this out into, you know, this was hour long. Nowadays, we see an hour long special where like, well, that's 40 minutes. You know, this was 52 minutes because there were much less commercials back in those days. And just the basic setup of, you know, okay, well, there's this giant storm and what's going to happen when there's this storm. And also the anorexic Santa, little things that obviously were not in the song or the book or the true story um, that, you know, just add to this and give you a little bit more material. Uh, the anorexic Santa, I think, is a hilarious idea. And uh, also um, the uh, j- just the birth of Rudolph, you know, we're not just jumping into, you know, he's a kid and he's playing. We're actually seeing the birth of him and the parents responding for the first time. I find out Donner is his dad, which there's going to be a huge plot hole later on. I'm going to point out with that. Uh, and uh, when they point out a shiny nose, they even say, I didn't even say it glows. <laughs> uh, Santa comes in, anorexic Santa. Uh, he introduces himself to Rudolph. He gives his first song, which uh, I'll kick off the karaoke. Here's a jingle, jingle, jingle. I'm the king of jingling, something, something, dingling. Um, it just goes on and on like that. <laughs> and uh, they basically decide, well, he's never going to cut it as a reindeer unless we hide this. So let's hide his facial deformity. Um, there's an introduction to the Abominable Snowman. There's an introduction to the elves, another thing they do that really stretches this out, where it almost feels like I, I, it doesn't belong. I, I feel like this character of Hermie, <laughs> how does he fit with this story? It's just somebody for Rudolph to play off of, but... Um, Hermie the elf is not really getting along with the other elves. They don't want to play elf games with him. Uh, he wants to be a dentist. Apparently, none of these people have dentists. They must all have really bad teeth. And he gives his Why Am I Such a Misfit song. Uh, and um, 
as Rudolph starts to get a little bit older, he's going to have to go out and start doing reindeer training. So Donner, his dad, says, you're going to have to hide your nose. And he puts a bunch of mud on him, which makes Rudolph talk with a nasally voice. And he's saying, oh, this isn't very comfortable. And Donner says, there's more important things than comfort, uh, like self-respect. Because, of course, having a physical deformity means you cannot have self-respect. Uh, and... Then lastly, we just get uh, the the Santa's elves theme song. So all the introductions of the characters here and what's going to happen with Hermes' story. Uh, when the elves are practicing their song in front of Santa, with we are Santa's elves. Sing it, Rossi. <laughs> <laughs> we are Santa's elves. He's just doing the uh, musical accompaniment there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Santa is a real dickhead <laughs> just says oh needs a bit of work and then Mrs. Claus like I think it's a wonderful song we find out the reason the song doesn't work is because Hermes part wasn't being sung and he ruined it because he goes back and he finds him playing dentist on a bunch of dolls how this is helpful I don't know <laughs> Uh, and he essentially tells him, you will never fit in as an elf, Hermie. Now I want you to go off to elf practice and do everything you can to fit in, which is a complete contradiction. Uh, we'll stop just before we get to the reindeer games here in Coach Comet, but uh, I love all these characters. Like, Even though I think as a kid I found Hermie to be annoying, uh, maybe I found Yukon Cornelius to be a little bit scary, you know, when I watch this now, I just I love these characters, and I actually uh, started collecting whenever I could find it in stores, like the little plush, uh, like stuffed figures from these. And I have a Rudolph, and I have a Clarice, and I have an Abominable Snowman. And the ones I need to kind of finish my collection is the Anorexic Santa, Hermie the Elf, and uh, Yukon Cornelius. So uh, the character that I thought was annoying when I was a kid, Hermie, now is like the Holy Grail of can I find the plush Hermie? You know, I um to the I guess one of my like personal ties to this is um my uncle he's a dentist. And so he'd always he loved the fact that this like story had this little kid or not a kid, an elf, I guess, <laughs> wanting to be a dentist. So he, that's kind of my like exposure at first cuz he introduced me to it, I think. And so he has little Christmas ornaments of the three char- main characters, not main characters, but three of the characters of Hermie, uh, Rudolph, and the the lumberjack man whose name I don't know. Do they say Yukon Cornelius? Yeah, yeah. And so the three of them. So I always love to see that. Like Hermie, and they they always make it on the tree every year. So, um, but anyway, that's a tangent. <laughs> I just, I'm just totally picturing Uncle Rossi here. It's like, kids, I want you to consider your future. Just look what Hermie the Elf decided to do with his life. Hey, you, hey, he can be a dentist if he wants to be. <laughs> Is this how your uncle became a dentist? He was inspired by, you know, the the, the misfit Hermie elf? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Let's get him on the show. We'll have him for oh. an interview next week. Oh, of course. I'm sure we'll get hundreds of downloads. <laughs> um, what was it? Oh, we're talking about the scenes. Um, what, where do we start at the beginning? <laughs> what do- Santa, the birth of Rudolph. Oh, yeah. Okay. First off, why is he talking? Why is the little Rudolph talking right away? <laughs> he's never heard words before. And he knows Santa. And he's like, oh, I love an intelligent little deer or whatever he says. I'm just like, what the heck? Where did this come from? And then <laughs> and Donner's like, oh, don't worry. He'll grow out of it. Like, grow out of what? His nose? Yeah. 
it's just some of these things just don't make any sense. And I was really put off by I was like, what are they saying? And this like Santa who's like just as big as the reindeer. Like the sizing of it is a little weird. The characters of it is a little weird. A lot of the dialogue's a little uncomfortable of the the deformity and this and that and everything. Um I did love the little workshop scene when Hermes painting the little thing and he's like, Why aren't you painting? And the guys you know, they're talking and all of a sudden he's like, I just don't want to make toys. And the guy's like, oh, that's it. He's like, wait, you don't want to make toys. Like the pause was pretty clever. Like the having a moment to think about what Hermie had said before actually like registering. Mm. And then he didn't get a poor little Hermie didn't get a break. 10 minute break. He had to keep painting. I I felt Hermie is the best character in my eyes. <laughs> this is um another thing that honest trailers referred to as like uh Hermie was one of Santa's slaves, which really does fit when you point out that they're not allowed to have a break. Well, he, the other kids got break, but not Hermie because Hermie had to keep painting. Well, because he was behind everybody else because he was so distracted by his dentistry work. Also, how did he get access to a book? <laughs> There's not even a dentist in the North Pole. Like, did here's my question. They make all the toys. Did one of them write the book on dentistry? Hermie? Hermie wrote the book on dentistry. Dentistry was created by Hermie the Elf. Yeah. For as long he as really it's... is responsible for your uncle. <laughs> well, as far as the North Pole is concerned, that's the only, like, dentist in existence. Does your uncle have blonde hair? Yeah, happens to be short? the same age as Hermie and everything. It's so weird. <laughs> oh, it's a little weird. Can we not? Let's move on. He's your favorite character. <laughs> he, shut up. He is the best character. He reminds me of my uncle. Okay, he doesn't, but he. I love Hermie. He's adorable. I love that he didn't go to the practice because he was fixing the doll's teeth. <laughs> now open wide. <laughs> it's only hurt a little. It's... <laughs> and it's like, um... you don't need a chomping doll. <laughs> or whatever he said. It was just... I love Hermie. Uh, I do too, as I said. The Holy Grail in my collection. If your uncle has a plush Hermie, make sure he sends it to no, me. No, that's a collectible. Calling their big rare. Here's one that they never made merchandise of. Coach Comet. Uh, <laughs> so this is who? the guy who coaches all of the reindeers in their reindeer games or reindeer training or whatever. Um, Rudolph meets him. He also meets Clarice. The girl that gives Rudolph his first boner, <laughs> which gives him a bit of a spring in his step here, uh, which also leads to uh, the entire movie. Let's basically say it. Rudolph couldn't keep his nose in his pants. Uh, <laughs> something popped out when <laughs> Rudolph met Clarice here. It's a little bit weird. Um, I don't. I doubt it was intentional, but it's one of these things. Like, if you were making this modern day, you'd realize that this might be a bit of an innuendo, with like you know Clarice flirting with and kissing Rudolph, and then all of a sudden his nose pops off and he jumps in the air, and it's it's a little bit weird. Uh, but uh, after doing really well in flying practice, uh, his nose comes out. And uh, Fireball, one of the other reindeers. This is one of my favorite shots, and I wish I could have found it. People need to just go and look at this. Jamie loves this part. When his nose comes out and it starts going wild, and anybody who's looking at it, their eyes just go crossed. 
And Fireball, it's like the funniest moment because Fireball, uh, who sees his nose, goes, for crying out loud! <laughs> his eyes are like going all over the place. And then, uh, Comet comes over and he gets the wonky eyes. Uh, and, uh, of course Santa comes and finds out, well, like, Rudolph's got this big, ridiculous red nose and he actually tells Donner, his dad, you should be ashamed of yourself. So Santa's real bad here. Um, Rudolph storms off. Clarice's dad comes in uh, after they share a song. Can you s- give us give us a little bit of "There's Always Tomorrow," Rossi? The ballad of this. That's close. There's always tomorrow. Uh, it is actually a really good song. Like I think I don't think there's one bad song in this special. Uh, but uh, after she sings this love song to Rudolph and his nose pops again <laughs> and uh, Clarice's dad comes out I don't want you seeing this boy ever again uh, Rudolph feels bad so he eventually meets Hermie who's hiding in a snowbank and um, they're both talking about being were a couple of misfits which interesting trivia for whatever reason when the special aired in 1964 uh, this was the original song the were a couple of misfits nitwits that's why we fit in take it Rossi Misfit, 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 misfit. It's becoming very clear you fast-forwarded all the songs when you watch this. I know the Um, last one. You know Rudolph. Okay, we're going to give you that. Um, And I I know the... We're on the island of misfit. All right, so I've I've picked Rossi's songs. There we go. Maybe you'll even give us a Holly Jolly Christmas. Everybody should know that one. Uh, But uh, I love when he talks about being independent and uh, Rudolph, who doesn't quite understand what this means, says, you know, I'm in... Def- What's the word? Indefendant? And then Hermie says, well, let's go off together. We could both be independent together, which is hilarious. And then they give their were a couple of misfits. So this song in 1965 was actually replaced by a different song. And uh, I can't remember the name of it now, nor... I'm sure I heard it at some point, but uh, this song was not necessarily lost. But it, from the 1965 airing, where they replaced the song all the way up until, you know, 20 years ago, uh, this were a couple of Misfits song was out and the other one was in. And now this has been restored to all the specials. But that other song, I'd like to go out there and hear it, you know, see if it's any good. Rossi, can you sing a bit for us? Have you heard it? No. Okay. Uh, so they go off together, and there's the abominable snowman that uh, is chasing the blizzard. So there's our villain who's introduced. And um, I always get messed up sometimes because I always think about um, in Monsters Inc. when they get outcast and they go to this see the abominable snowman there too. I completely forgot about that. They I, ripped off Rudolph. I just always get those mixed up, even though I know they're completely different stories. I just think of them all the time together. Uh, we're going to speed through some other stuff here because it really is a fast-moving show. Um, so they're introduced to Yukon Cornelius, who I'm calling it he's Canadian, uh, not because you know he has Canadian accent or anything or that we do a lot of mining, but his name is Yukon. He's in the north. Yukon is, of course, a northern territory in Canada. So I, I like to think that this is uh, a Canadian hero here, Yukon Cornelius. He gets his song Silver and Gold. Do you know any of Silver and Gold, Rossi? Nope. Okay, well, it's not actually him. We should also mention this story is narrated by Sam the Snowman, uh, which, uh, not completely Sam the Snowman, but uh, the first year after we had Casper, 
we got like a picture taken outdoors uh, that we put on our Christmas card and um, my old boss had given us a uh, a snowsuit that uh, didn't fit like it, it, by the time her kids were old enough to wear it uh, around it Trent, Christmas. Trent's Trent, uh, snowsuit? <laughs> Yeah, it was not Trent from Daria, oh, <laughs> but it basically looked like Sam the Snowman. It's a snowsuit that looks like you're a snowman, and it actually has a hood on it with, like, a little bowler hat like he's wearing. So we have, like, a Christmas picture with Casper as Snap. I, I always said this is Sam the Snowman. So there's another one to add to my collection. i got to find a Sam the Snowman. But he sings silver and gold, silver and gold. Take it, Rossi. And gold. Um, anyways. <laughs> you can just kick into Island of Misfit Toys anytime. Uh, we'll get there. Well, okay, so... The, the cue. <laughs> for what? For this new song. You have to you have to segue it better. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll do the Island of Misfit Toys in a minute. Okay. I'll give you the cue. Okay, so um, Yukon Cornelius comes in. Now, he's got a dog sled, uh, which consists of completely mismatched dogs. There's uh, a Cocker Spaniel in there. There's a Poodle. And um, uh, he carries a gun, something else I don't think they would put in nowadays. And he's always looking for gold and silver. And he likes to lick his hammer <laughs> when he looks for it. Um, he helps them escape on an iceberg from the Abominable Snowman. And uh, after they find out that uh, Rudolph is gone and he's run away... Uh, Donner, his dad, decides to go after him, and he tells the mom, this is man's work. Uh, to which, two minutes later, the mom kidnaps Clarice, somebody else's daughter, to run away and look for Rudolph. So, I don't know if this really made sense uh, to the screenwriters, that they're uh, actually taking somebody else's child away for several months as they go looking for them. Uh, but that's basically what happens here in the story. So we'll... I guess cap it right there for now just before we get into the misfit toys we're on the island of miss oh not yet oh sorry not yet oh damn oh <laughs> all right uh yeah that was weird that they like the two members like the women just peace out <laughs> yeah. again after everyone else peaced out and everything a little hard to follow a little weird um why wasn't there like a, a Santa mandated like search party or something? I don't know. It's just a little weird that everyone does that, and the whole like iceberg escape thing is a little weird. Just like water's the one weakness or something, right? Like was what the what's his face said. Yukon. Yeah, he's just like, and then he gets in the water, and it's like, all right, that's great. I, I don't know. It's just. Some of the stuff is, I still say the segues are so weird. Like, they're on an iceberg now, and they're floating away to the island of misfit toys, and it's just a little weird stuff. Um, Everything is weird in this. Yeah, well, I think the weirdest thing is yet to come, so <laughs> keep keep your hats on for that. Um, the whole middle is kind of dull in my eyes. I, like, it's kind of a little bit of a wait. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a little dragged out. Maybe you could cut out a little bit of this to get speedy. Like, where's the, the 10 minutes chop off of this so we get our 40-minute special? And, like, the this could have been cut out a little bit. I think it's a little... This is where I lost interest anyway, so... I'm interested to watch some of the TV edits because I know 
you know, for some of these classic specials like this and even um, a Charlie Brown Christmas, of course, being the big one, obviously these are like 50 years old and there were a lot less commercials those days, so they're longer. So if you were to air it now, you either have to have less commercials or you have to cut stuff out of it. And I've seen both. I've seen versions of Charlie Brown where they're cutting like five minutes out of the special but then I've seen other ones where they just let it play longer. So it'll start at 7 o'clock and it'll end at like 7.06 or something like that. Uh, but I'll be interested to see Rudolph because – It'll you know, start I at normally... 7 and it end at 7.06? Oh, it's 7.36. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they cut a lot out of Charlie Brown. <laughs> um, uh, it's basically the tree decoration and then Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown. Hark the herald angels sing. Uh, but – I'd be interested to see what they do cut because I normally watch this on Blu-ray now uh, or maybe the versions I have seen on TV don't cut anything and they just run longer. They play with less commercials. Uh, but there, this would be the section to cut out, like you say. Uh, and especially the Island of Misfit Toys because this is what we're coming up to here. And this is the weirdest thing in the whole special. And I don't. I think if there's anything that I would cut, it would just be this entire subplot. Because strangely enough... This wasn't even in the original special. This part was when they get to the island of misfit toys and um, eventually they find – well, I'll let you get to the song in a second. But uh, this subplot existed only here. And the things that are going to come up later on were added in later editions, which – would have played really weird, but it also shows you that there's never really, it was just like a bonus sequence, but it's so bizarre and so out there that I don't get how it really fits if you don't bring the stuff in later on. But either way, when they're floating on the iceberg, they're in the fog and Yukon Cornelius says, this fog is as thick as peanut butter. And then I think Hermie says, you mean pea soup? He goes, you eat what you like and I eat what I like, which I don't understand the joke at all, but I love Yukon Cornelius. He's so over the top. <laughs> so I love no that sense, line. It doesn't really make funny. any sense. Like, I, I know. It's funny because it makes no sense. Like, you, you, you eat what you like and I eat. It's just stupid <laughs> so funny. It's moronic as we've talked about in a few other episodes. Yeah. Uh, and eventually they see a flying lion in the sky with a crown on and they're introduced to Charlie in the box. Um, which Charlie in the Box is really dumb too. I just love you. Who goes there? And Yukon clearly says, us. Who did you think? He goes, oh, well, that's okay. <laughs> this, this interchange, this exchange of this conversation doesn't even make sense. And he even Who talks about, dialogue, you know, kids? I, probably. <laughs> do they get bored um, halfway through and say, hey, all right, Jimmy, <laughs> Mark, and Sally, get in here, write this. Like, you eat what you like, like and I eat what I like. <laughs> Oh, it's it's, you. Like, what? It's like you have two people writing each side of the conversation, and they're not actually listening to what the other person says. Who goes there? Us. Who did you think it was? Oh, well, that's okay. Like, this is like dialogue out of the room, if you think about it. It's like the scene in the room when he goes to the flower shop. Yeah. And, like, they have two different conversations. (laughs) Hi, doggy. You're my favorite customer. (laughs) Oh, I didn't know it was you. Like... Oh, who goes there? <laughs> Me. Who did you think? Oh well, that's okay. Hi, doggy. Oh my God, if, John- <laughs> if Johnny was on the island of this, <laughs> <laughs> can't we just do a mashup of these two scenes here? <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> 
Hi, Hermie. <laughs> on the island of Miss <laughs> Oh, yeah, your song. Time for you to sing, Rossi. We're on the island of misfit toys. I forgot the rest of it. When Christmas Day is here. Take it, Rossi. And Herbie will meet with Johnny. <laughs> I want the Herbie and Johnny mashup. Please, somebody do this. <laughs> But no, that's totally the way the dialogue is, and we get all these weird unwanted toys like the Charlie in the Box. This is, nobody wants to play with a Charlie in the Box. Which, yeah, I understand there are some unwanted toys here, like they're like a spotted elephant. Well, that's not unusual. I mean, there's lots of you know stuffed toys Casper has that don't make any sense. Um, when there's a choo-choo train with square wheels, I understand that, uh, or a bird that swims, um, a boat that can't float. Yeah, but. What's wrong with a jack-in-the-box named Charlie? Like, it's not like there's anything actually wrong with him. Uh, but still, this idea of misfit toys having their own island, and they say, you have to go talk to the king. And then it gets really weird, because they go to a, a lion sitting on a throne with a crown. says, you're not welcome here. <laughs> and I love that Yukon Cornelius even says, even among misfits, you're misfits. And they basically say, well, no living thing can live here. Uh, but if you ever see Santa, then make sure to, uh, you know, put in a good word for us. Um, now, funny story. Uh, I mentioned in past episodes how Casper had this thing where he just, he will tell you he's crying. And that kind of became a thing in our episodes. We even hear him in the background. Uh, his new thing is he likes to say goodbye and wave. But we noticed he was saying something else. Like he was talking very fast. He was saying something else. Every time we're like, say bye, Casper. He go, bye, I go. And we're like, what is he saying? We realize he's saying, bye, I go. So he's actually announcing that he's leaving when he says bye. But this has just become his way of saying bye for everything. So he watches shows. And when it goes to a commercial break or if the opening credits end or if it fades out, he'll go, all done, all done. And now when he's watching shows, when people leave a room, he goes, bye, I go. So when (laughs) they're walking away from the lion here and leaving the lion's castle, he's going, bye, I go, bye, I go, which... I, whether or not people find that amusing, I, I love putting it on here just because I know I'm going to forget this one day and it's just the funny quirks of having a child. Uh, he had another one. He had like an all done coming up later on too, but they put them up for the night here and Rudolph decides he wants to go home. Uh, we're not to go home, but that he doesn't want to, uh, drag everybody else down. And, uh, he leaves Yukon Cornelius and Hermie in the middle of the night. And, uh, how much more do we want to talk about here? Um, uh, all right, so Rudolph is gone for quite a long time. He meets some friends on the way. He becomes a man. He officially hits puberty. He's grown his horns. Uh, and eventually he gets back to the North Pole, and then he finds out that, uh, oh, your mother, your father, Clarice, they're all gone. They're looking for you. Christmas is only two days away. I just would have loved if Santa said to here to Rudolph, you should be ashamed of yourself. Uh, and now the blizzard starts. So let's include here, I guess, the big climax um in the uh well i don't know let's let's stop here you could talk about the misfit toys anything else you want to talk about here i weirdly like the misfit toys and all the stuff that happens there like it i don't know i just weirdly like i can't explain why but i I do obviously the dialogue is a big issue as we talked about (laughs) um the five conversations happening at once um i do think that like i get eerily similar comparisons between this and the Pleasure Island in Pinocchio. 
Mm-hmm. If you're where they get turned into donkeys and stuff. Yeah. Obviously, this is far less scary than oh, that yeah. <laughs> one. Because that is out of nightmare. That is out of, like, Dante's Inferno creepy, horrifying stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I just always get those weird connections with that. Um, but, yeah, I love the misfit toys. Some of the things are a little weird. Like, why is Charlie a misfit? Anyway. <laughs> but Nobody wants to play with a Charlie in the box. <laughs> I mean, to each their own. You play with what you want to play with, and I play with what I want to play with. <laughs> yeah. As Yukon Cornelius would say. Um, what happens after this? Um, Rudolph goes off and becomes a man. Oh, yes. Puberty montage and all. <laughs> yeah. Um, comes back as a strong deer, or a strong buck, as to use their terminology. Um, and is proud of his nose and is on the quest. Where are we cutting it off? I don't remember. Pretty much when he gets back and Santa says, it's too late, they're all gone. And the blizzard starts. And then we, okay, yeah. I just get, worst scene coming up, just just saying it. (laughs) The worst scene, okay. Well, this is actually my favorite part here. And um, I don't think you were on the episode, but last year we covered, for Star Wars, before The Last Jedi came out, we covered uh, all of the misfit Star Wars (laughs) spinoffs. Uh, the Star Wars Holiday Special. I was there for the Holiday Special. But you were it. for that one, yeah. Uh, the Clone Wars animated movie, and we did the two Ewok movies. Which, by the way, I am now going to say all of them infinitely better than The Last Jedi. But anyways, that's Ooh. a different episode. Uh, <laughs> almost all of them, not Ooh. the Holiday Special. But the first Ewoks movie literally ends with the exact same climax that Rudolph has here. The kids in Ewoks find out that their parents are in a cave that the giant monster, the Gorax, uh, has captured them in. And the kids go in there and they basically end up having a fight with this thing, which ends with it being pushed off of a cliff. It's the exact same thing in Rudolph here. Like, Rudolph eventually finds them uh, in this cave. Uh, He gets in a fight. There's a very awkward-looking shot where uh, Bumble, the abominable snowman, is bent over on all fours, and Rudolph starts ramming his horns up his anus... A little bit weird, uh, but eventually Rudolph gets knocked out, and Yukon Cornelius and uh, Hermie find them there, and they come to save the day. So their their master plan is, Hermie, you act like a pig, and then the abominable snowman will come after you, and then I will dump some giant boulders on top of them. And I love Hermie just on all fours going, oink, 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 because like, put your heart into it. And then he's like, oink, 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 oink. <laughs> and then the abominable snowman comes out to find Hermie the pig, and Yukon Cornelius pu- pushes a bunch of stones on top of him. Yukon Cornelius goes in and he finds Clarice and Donner and Mrs. Donner and Rudolph. Um, and then uh, eventually Hermie comes back in with a handful of teeth, and you find out he's just yanked out all the teeth of the abominable snowman because he found out that, no, his teeth just hurt. He wasn't actually trying to kill us. Yukon Cornelius, even now knowing that the monster has been subdued, decides to push him off of a cliff. <laughs> I don't know why, but this just, it's, it, uh, it just, as a kid, I don't think I noticed it, but you know at this point that, like, Hermie's like, it was all a misunderstanding. Yukon Cornelius, like, let's kill it! <laughs> it's a little bit violent. Uh, but you think Yukon Cornelius is gone too. They all show up at Santa's village again. Um, and, uh, Oh, uh, what happens? Um, there's, uh, uh, oh, yeah, when they get there, they're talking about having homes for all the toys. Um, 
and the head elf basically says, I was wrong to judge you, Hermie. You go off and follow your dream. He goes, ooh, you look like you got a bad cavity there. You need to make an appointment for me a week from Tuesday at 4.30, which this is his first appointment he's booked. I hate that he's such a lazy elf that he feels like the start of his day is 4.30. Like, (laughs) Hermie's a night owl or something. That's just, it should be like bright and early, 8 a.m., but instead he's like, I'm going to start a business and start my day in the late afternoon. Uh, and the Abominable Snowman is brought in by your Cornelius, who is alive, and, uh, everybody screams, but then he realizes, no, I found a job for him, and he puts the star on the tree. Um, Santa has to start eating again, he needs to fatten up, I need you to throw in your theory here, Jamie was saying, well, what was she feeding him that fattened him up in 12 hours? Jamie says it must have been a lot of spaghetti, I was thinking it was spaghetti and peanut butter cups. Uh, Rossi, what's your theory? You eat what you like, and I eat what I like. <laughs> It was peanut butter and pea soup. That's what it was. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> the other thing that follows up here is the same song that Santa was being a real dick about earlier. Uh, when he's saying he can't eat. Oh, it's that silly elf song is driving me crazy. It's the same song. He really has it out for these elves singing. Uh, the storm's gotten worse, so they're going to have to cancel Christmas. Rudolph's nose is going crazy. He goes, tone it down there a bit. That nose, that beautiful nose. Which leads to, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? And uh, they all load up the sleigh. And uh, before we get to the uh, the thing, we get Holly Jolly Christmas. Now, you got to remember this song. Uh, so as they're loading up the sleigh and Rudolph saving the day and he's flying them off, uh, we get Holly Jolly Christmas probably next to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Ranger, the most famous song from the special. Give us a little bit of Holly Jolly Christmas. It's a Holly Jolly Christmas. There are islands of misfit toys. <laughs> and silver and gold and silver and gold and everything in between. Peanut butter and pea soup. And you eat what you like and I eat what I like. <laughs> and that's it. You should be ashamed of yourself. And I need oh, to hide my golly. disformity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Where are we going? Yeah, Let's it is. Stop. I don't think that, like, um,. You know, when you're a kid, you don't think about whether these songs come from the special or not. Everybody knew the song Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer before they saw this. But I don't think I realized that Holly Jolly Christmas, which now is like a very famous Christmas song, was actually written for this show. And I think it's just, it's it's become so well-known that nobody even associates it with it anymore. But uh, it should be noted, like, a, a, you have at least two very sp- uh, famous songs. And several of these, I've heard covers of, like, the Island of Misfit Toys. I've heard covers of, um, you know, uh, the We're a Couple of Misfits and Silver and Gold. You know, these will appear on Christmas albums all the time. So, I mean, the soundtrack really is quite good. Uh, just as they're uh, leaving, Yukon Cornelius walks away, and I guess this was a cut scene, and I know it's a cut scene because when I watch it on the Blu-ray now, I'm like, I don't ever remember this. He throws his axe up in the air, and then he eventually tastes it like he's been doing the whole time, and he goes, it's peppermint! I found a peppermint mind! Uh, they stop off at the Island of Misfit po- Toys. When I was mentioning earlier about how this throwaway sequence of the Island of Misfit Toys could be the thing to be cut out, this is why. Because 1964, when this aired, the special just ended with Rudolph flying off into the sky. And what we watch now is the the scene that happens after the credits is they land on the Island of Misfit Toys, they scoop them all up, and then the end credits play with them dropping the Misfit Toys down kids' chimneys. This was added a year later in 1965 because the network received so many letters of complaints about those poor toys, they never got a home. 
that they actually said, well, let's go back, let's film a new scene, let's film new credits, and let's add this on a special. But that's it's really interesting. You wouldn't even realize that wasn't in the original special. I think that that's the only reason that that sequence really does work is because it does make an appearance on the end. I can't even imagine this without it. You know, not that like, well, this is such an important scene, but that sequence would just be so random otherwise. Um, and as all the misfit toys are being dropped down the chimney and they're waving, as Casper's watching this, guess what he said? I'm crying, I'm crying. No. <laughs> bye, I go, because he's seeing them waving goodbye. So it was a bye, I go. Uh, we get a reprise of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Take it, Rossi. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer has a merry shiny nose. And if Santa and if you was ever not saw a jerk... It. Everything would work out nicer. Uh, <laughs> there's some weird things that happen here in the end credits. Uh, like the bird that can't fly. Now, what the elves are doing when they're dropping them <laughs> Santa sleigh into the chimneys during the end credits is they're giving them umbrellas to float down. The bird that can't fly, did you notice that he has an umbrella in his hand and decides to drop the bird without it? Nope. Talk about cruelty. <laughs> the one character that would actually need this. Hey, you can't fly. Let me just throw you off here to your death. Uh, <laughs> it's it, once you see it, you can't unsee it. it. It seems like murder in the middle of the special. Um, other than that, uh, the, the the song just ends. I got a couple of little trivia facts that I want to include on the end here, but uh, uh, everything about uh, the 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 climax here, the the last songs. And the misfit toys, which you love so much, uh, and the death of the bird that can't fly. Okay, um, I love the toys; they're so cute. Um, except Charlie, because apparently no one wants to play with Charlie anyway. Um, Nobody wants to play with a Charlie in the box. Okay, so the scene that annoys me the most out of this, like entire um, special—not I was gonna say movie, but it's a special—is um, <laughs> the like fight with the abominable snowman. We're like, I think this is like the point where like the claymation looks the worst. Like on the whole, it looks a little clunky, but it looks good. Like I like the, I think it's fun. I think it's a cute, like thing to do. Um, But like the fight with the snowman looks so bad because like all of a sudden it like punches or like lunges forward and all of a sudden trips and stumbles and twists and turns. And you're like, what is this movement? Like it looks so bad. Like I encourage you to go back and rewatch that moment. It's so clunky. It's so bad. Um, and that's the scene that annoys me the most when I watch this movie. Um, even more than the weird dialogue that doesn't connect. Um, <laughs> that's just really weird. Anyway, that tangent aside, I love the I mean, the ending is okay. I think that there's some weird things. Like you were talking about the refilming of the the scene and all the toys and all that stuff. Like, it's a little weird knowing that kind of like history and that there's that like weird like kind of like I don't know I don't even know what to say but it's it's a little weird um mm-hmm. I will now always end this movie saying okay I go or I go bye I go bye I go like I, I'm gonna add, always have that in the back of my head when this movie ends <laughs> but I love it like I love this movie it's fun to watch like and I'm very curious to know about all the info you have to share about this that I don't know already. Um, just quickly, we'll give our ratings before I go to the trivia. Oh, but Colin, you're in the uh, suspense. 
um, okay, I go. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna agree with you about how, like how much I love this, and it's not just a nostalgia thing because I think it would be very easy to be like, well, you know, if you watch this for the first time today, like I, I would wonder what would kids who watch this now think. But then I think to myself, well. I was a couple of decades after this aired and I got it. Like every single generation just gets this. I don't know if it would have less of an impact now just because the animation is so different or, you know, the storytelling's different. But I, I think the most interesting thing about this is that for me, it does age well, despite what I've been saying about certain parts not aging well. Um, I don't find that it's boring. I don't find that it's questionable. There are questionable things in there, but a lot of these specials that I grew up watching, I watch them now and I actually take a lot of issue with. Like my alternate choice was doing Frosty the Snowman for the opposite reason of Rudolph. I picked Rudolph because watching this one as a kid and then watching it now, I'm like, wow, this is totally different than I thought, but I still love it. Frosty's the exact opposite. I watch that now and I'm like, this thing sends a total terrible message to kids that it, you know, like basically the villain of the story has done nothing wrong, and the kids have just been terrible to him and stolen his stuff and refused to give it back and uh, you know, made this guy this villain. And I just actually take issue with that. Or other ones, like uh, I think there's another one that Rankin Bass, who did this special, they did a Santa Claus story, which was like the history of Santa Claus. And there's good moments in it and some good songs, but overall, it's just, it doesn't hold up. And this one does hold up. I mean, this one is a very easy buy for me. I think of the classic animated specials. Nothing could top Charlie Brown Christmas. Uh, the Grinch would probably be a close second, and I think this would be a close third. Uh, those three really can't be touched as far as I'm concerned. So this one's easily a buy for me. Yeah, I think you're, I'm kind of on board with you about the nostalgia thing because – I don't know how much nostalgia I could have for something that I don't entirely remember watching as a kid that much. Exactly. Like, you know, I'm thinking of the Charlie Brown, like, Halloween special that we did last year. Like, I feel like there's a bit of nostalgia with that because I remember watching it as a kid. I always remember it. So, like, I would say that there's a nostalgia for This I don't always remember. Like, Mm -hmm. I definitely have nostalgia for it in a sense because I remember a bit of learning about it as a kid and knowing about it. Like, it's always been there in my, like, it been in my life for lack of a better way of saying it it's always been there so mm-hmm. part of it i would say but honestly i just love watching it like it's just something fun to watch yeah a lot of it's a little off you know kilter um with the the, the dialogue and the some of the the way that they talk to rudolph and the other characters and stuff is a little unpleasant and whatnot but on the whole i really enjoy it and i'm gonna have to buy it as well uh, okay, so some of our trivia here. So oh, first finally, of all, I've been waiting. <laughs> just showing how different times were. Um, the day that this special is going up here, the, the, this special, <laughs> uh, the day that this episode this here is, is a very going up. Special, special. <laughs> yeah, um, we are on December the third today. Uh, so we are three days away from the 34th anniversary, or sorry, 34, my math, you know, believe it or not, math is like a, so easy for me. I can do math in my head that most people need calculators for, but whenever I'm on the air, I'm like, it's been 40 years since a Charlie Brown, and I'm just like 34 years, 54 years, we are three days shy of 54 years to the day of when this first aired, but just showing how much TV changed, this primetime special aired December 6, 1964 at 5.30 in the evening. 
So it wasn't even like I don't know if this is when prime time started or just there was sort of pre prime time. But it just I find it hard to believe that this network special that they sunk a lot of money into, there was a lot of promotion, uh, and they aired it at five thirty in the evening. Like I'm guessing this ended, then there was news, and then there was more you know, TV shows after that. It's just completely different. Um, big plot hole I noticed, uh, which also kind of explains uh, one of the plot hole, I guess, trivia facts here. Uh, one of the last scenes is as Rudolph's flying away, Donner being like, that's my boy, as him and the mom watch him fly in the sky. But let, two minutes earlier, Santa was talking to Donner saying, I can't, you know, fly the sleigh without you, Donner. And Donner is supposed to be there. Interesting. I've never noticed this as many times I've seen it, but in the final scenes, there are only seven reindeer pulling the sleigh. There's supposed to be eight reindeer and Rudolph is the ninth. That's where the song always goes. They run down all of the names, Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, in this show. But all the shots at the end have only seven reindeer, including Rudolph. Uh, also, all of the elves have only four fingers. Again, I don't know if that was just an animation thing or you know, uh, whatever. And also, um, Sam the Snowman's watch. Uh, is actually, you know, visible throughout this entire special. And every single time he's on screen, his watch reads 2 o'clock. So not one second passes in the time of Sam the Snowman. Uh, but just a couple of interesting trivia facts flawed. there. No! <laughs> it's not flawed, it's just time stops. Sam the Snowman is so magical that time stops around him. Why there are seven reindeer, I don't know. we got to change the song now. We're on the island of Misfitoids. And they killed a bird. <laughs> so there you go. This ends with murder. Uh, but that's it for Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Uh, 34 years to the day. <laughs> Can you believe it, Rossi? Uh, plus 20 more. Uh, God, I'm time not... flies in 34 days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not 100% sure what we're covering next week. Because I think we tentatively had an idea for something but now I, I guess we're going with something else and saving this other tentative one for christmas eve but it's your choice next uh what are we going to be covering for week two here in random rewatch mondays for christmas month in december i actually didn't plan the second one yet so <laughs> are we going with the original choice then no okay so we won't tease what's going to be next week you we will have to wait and see <laughs> um it's Daria Christmas special. Uh I mean I can go with a real from, bad backup if I have one, but I don't want to use it. You're not gonna like it, so Yeah, yeah, let's just let's let's leave it a surprise for next week. So I guess we will be back next week with another Christmas special, random rewatch Mondays. Loss will eventually be coming back, but we got enough to take but you through the new year. You don't year, care about that. You care about us. Yeah, we we have the good ben stuff who? now. It's something different. Yeah. Every week. Noah who? He doesn't even speak English anymore, people. He doesn't know what this... That's why he's not on here. He doesn't know what Rudolph the Christmas special is. Like, Yeah, these guys don't even know what Rudolph is. They're losers. They have. They think that this story was originated... In, they thought the story was originated in the Ewok adventure. Oh. Ew. <laughs> Anyways... We will be back next week. Stay tuned for all of our other episodes. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Yes, the best Something Apple Rossi uses. app ever. <laughs> Quiet. You can find at least a half dozen Home Improvement Podcasts on there, as well as the Oz Network. Uh, my name is Colin, and... 
Bye, I go. My name is Rossi, and I'm on the island of Misfit Toys, and there's gold and silver and food off the red melting Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.